This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. After the All-Star break, the Portland Trailblazers have under 30 games left in their season. It's been a pretty dismal season. The Blazers are in second to last place in the Western Conference. Their young team has been plagued with injuries. TV viewership is reportedly down by almost 50%, and in-person demand has been so anemic that some tickets are going for only $2. And if what's often euphemistically called a rebuilding season, if that's what this is, it's not totally clear what the team is building. But Mike Richmond always says that there is joy in Rip City if you know where to look. He is a host of Locked On Blazers podcast, and he joins us once again. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. So a not very good team last year lost its best player, Damian Lillard. So no one was expecting the Blazers to be amazing this year. But were you expecting them to be second to last in the conference? Yes. The short answer is yes. Like this is this is a team that pivoted to being incredibly young. Like you said, they weren't very good last year. They lose the best player of the 21st century, and they and they kind of commit to this path. Um, I think it was very reasonable at the beginning of the season to think they'd be one of the five worst teams in the league. They have the fifth the fifth worst record in the NBA. This is kind of what they signed up for. They also signed up for the, the theoretical potential future of the franchise in Scoot Henderson, somebody who theoretically could be a, a you know a replacement for Damian Lillard in the future. Um, how would you describe his rookie year so far? Turbulent. Um, he hasn't been very good. I think that's there was some. Hope uh, Scoot Henderson is it just turned 20 in, in the early February, but he started the season as a teenager. But there was some hope that because he had spent two years not in college, but play, playing in the professional ranks of the NBA G League, the sort of minor league of the NBA, was that he would be a little more seasoned than your typical 19-year-old. He'd be a little more ready than your typical 19-year-old. And that just wasn't the case. He, he just hasn't been very good. Um, recently, over the last six weeks or so, he's looked like a pretty normal rookie. He's kind of been... Uh, you know, below average in the way that is very normal for young players to be below average in the league. But he started off uh, historically bad, historically inefficient. Um, and I think that kind of added to the murkiness of this season was that the team believed he was going to be further along than he was. And uh, it kind of slowed things down. How much of this has to do with the, the shoes that if he wasn't expected to fill now, the, the, the hopes for the shoes he would fill in the future? I thought you were going to ask about the shoes he's been wearing that are that are uh, Cheetos themed, and I was like, "That's <laughs> too <laughs> I'm far." Glad we're bringing the, I'm glad we're bringing that up. Um, some of it is that he was he's supposed to be the heir apparent, right? Like I, I think that's that's absolutely a factor here is that there's there's this sort of heir apparent hanging over him, uh, but. He says that he doesn't want to be Damian Lillard's the next Damian Lillard. He wants to be Scoot Henderson, and I think that is a a, a noble stance to take, but I'm not sure if I believe it, because I don't think you can avoid the shadow of that Dame left and still casts over the team some seven months after he asked to no longer be on the team. Well, let's let's turn to uh, one of the more interesting nights that the Blazers had at the Moda Center this year is when Lillard returned. What was that game like? I compared it to kind of visiting your parents' home after you've moved out, maybe, you know, some two, three years later, uh, it was back in, he was back in familiar confines, back in the place he helped to decorate, back in all of those things, but it's just not home anymore. You're returning back as, as someone who no longer lives there. You're a visitor even in your own home. Uh, it was, it was strange and, um, 
maybe colder than I thought it would be. It was like, it was emotional and special, but it was uh, more transactional. There was like, um, you know, welcome back to Damian Lillard, cheer for a minute and a half. Okay, let's play a basketball game. Um, and there was a couple tribute videos, but it was, it was tr- strange to see him wear a different uniform, but strange in the way that, you know, pro athletes move on and they leave you and you just cheer for the laundry that they left behind. Huh. I- are you talking about your own emotions here? I mean, when you, you that you thought you would have more of a of a tug at your heart, and and it felt more regular and transactional because this is actually just a business. I am mostly talking about my own emotions there. I can't speak for the sellout crowd that was there. The Blazers like to announce bigger crowds, so I laugh when I say it. But uh, the, you know, a full a full arena really gave him his moments. But to me, from just like a personal standpoint on press row, it did feel a little more transactional than I had expected it to. Hmm. Are there any good surprises for you this season in terms of you know consistent performance from any young players? Before he got hurt. Shane Sharp, and he, he's now likely out for the season with a, he's having surgery to repair a core muscle injury. Uh, he was looking like a really special player at 20. I think he was the bright spot. He had a stretch in December where it was like, oh, this, this, this guy could be really good. And that helps kind of, um, helps, makes the losses go down a little bit smoother. Um, you know, I think big picture stuff, the Blazers seem to have found a bunch of players who are decent. I think Jabari Walker, a second year forward, is uh, has uh, plays really hard and has is a really good rebounder. Uh, rookie Tumani Kamara is a really good defender. I think Chris Murray, another rookie, has shown has shown you know some potential there. I think he's got he's they have a bunch of guys who could could be decent, solid, long term NBA players. But it's just so hard to move forward with your rebuild, retool, reimagination if you don't have a star to kind of build the foundation around. Well, I mean, so then let's turn to that that big picture for a second here. I mean, the, the, as I noted at the, at the beginning, the classic phrase that not very good teams use is that they're rebuilding, or at least people say that about them. Fans say that out, out of a sense of hope. <laughs> no, we're not bad. We're <laughs> we're rebuilding, um, but that it does imply that there's a plan. Do the Blazers have a plan now, or, or even just a, a path that makes sense to you? So I think they have a path that makes sense in the abstract. Scoot Henderson is the third overall pick in the draft, a point guard who many consider to be this, you know, a, a top tier talent when he was drafted. Shaden Sharp, who they drafted the year before with the number seven overall pick, is a shooting guard who could play next to Scoot in the backcourts and has potential to be a very good player. That's that is the abstract notion of what's next. Is this really good young guard duo that could be? Um, part of the future for a long time because they're both still 20 years old. But they haven't. we haven't seen it enough to have a clear picture of what is over the hill. We only have a guess of what is on the other side, and I think that's been the challenging part of this season. There's nothing concrete or nothing firm or nothing clearly outlined that says this is the path, this is what comes next. There's a, there's a good guess. I think that's a good guess. That's an 80% likelihood type of guess, but... There's a lot of ifs and buts and maybes in between here and there. Well, and what's the time frame, the best case scenario time frame that that you're or that the, the team seems to be going for in the path you just outlined? I mean, for example, is it too much to hope for that, that they would even make it to the playoffs next year? Yeah. 
Yes. It would yeah. Be too okay. Much but to so then, that. which is you know, which is a, a, a tough pill to swallow for for Blazers fans who. Obviously, there hasn't been a championship in decades, but but young fans here, they're used to a team that's actually been pretty darn good for a while, more or less making the playoffs, sometimes getting to the second round. Um, you know, not not bad for a, a relatively small market NBA team. When's the soonest we could hope for anything like that? Yeah, that's, that's challenging, right? Like, I think... Um... I think in general, it's been for, you know, if you're like a college age person, you don't even remember the Blazers being bad. Um, but I, I think two years, like I think next year, the, the, next year, they're likely to not be very good again, um, barring something inter very interesting happening in the summer. But I think the year after that, that would be um, the fourth year of Shane Sharp. That would be year three of Scoot Henderson. They're going to add some draft picks along the way. They're going to have some chances to trade and improve and all of those things. Um I think two years from now, you know, half the league makes the playoffs. Making the playoffs is 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 totally doable. But um, I think I think getting anxious about them being good in the near term will sap you of some of the enjoyment of watching young players develop because they're not going to be a good basketball team next season. I before we're done, I I do want to figure out where you are getting your joy right now. But um, but I'm curious about the the management's picture right now. Well, Emma Week had a great article yesterday, full of interviews with folks who are paying six dollars or five dollars or two dollars for seats, yeah. way up in the nosebleeds. A passionate group, um, but but the seats are that price because. Not everybody is passionate right now. TV viewership is down maybe 50%, according to a recent report. How long can this go on before the organization starts getting worried and, and starts, you know, getting worried about not making money? Yeah, I, I think that could come quickly, right? Like, I, you would assume that ownership understood what was happening that they understood the what the score of the game as i like to say is like they knew damian lord was leaving they knew they were going to be young they knew they were going to be bad and when that happens typically you sell less tickets people watch the games less and it's just like not as fun right um so i would assume that they thought it was going to be bad i, I think a 50 percent decrease in television viewership is enough to say oh no um, is enough to be legitimately worried about it and, and not enough butts and seats is enough to be worried about it. I don't know that it would happen this summer, but I think if the, if you were to see another season of like having to basically give away tickets and have people increasingly not watching the product on television, then you start to see things get squeezed. The thing about running an NBA team is that will probably happen to stuff behind the scenes that we're not as familiar with. The, the salaries are kind of baked in. They're going to have to spend what they spend to pay the players. It's the ancillary parts around the organization where you would see some cost cutting. Having to pay for mustard. Having to pay for extra people to sell tickets and having to pay for the good mustard, right? Like you might be stuck with with the off brand yellow stuff. Um, is Chauncey Billups the head coach? Is he the right coach for this young team going forward? In my personal opinion, probably not. Recognizing that he has been dealt a very difficult hand, and recognizing that this year, unequivocally, despite the record, has been his best year as a coach. Um, I don't think I don't think he is creative enough as an offensive mind to to coach a really good team. And I uh, my criticism of him mostly is that there is a lot of trying to fit square peg in a round hole type of stuff where this is the way it should be done so this is the way we'll do it as opposed to adapting more to what 
the unique skill sets are on the roster. All right. We have a minute left. Enough time for joy. One of your mantras is hold on to your joy. What is making you still uh, excited to watch the Blazers these days, excited to be a fan? Well, importantly, I developed the mantra, hold on to your joy, because I am deeply pessimistic, as evidenced by the last 12 minutes of this interview. (laughs) But um, one of the things that is helping me find joy is that there is more on bad teams to appreciate little moments. So when Scoot Henderson has six good minutes, you hold on to your joy. When Anthony Simons has a good back-to-back games, you hold on to your joy. When DeAndre when DeAndre Ayton looks like, like an actual starting center for a week and a half, you hold on to your joy. You find the smallest moments to cling to because life and sports, the joy is often very fleeting. Um, so I'm maybe not doing my best at following the mantra, but um, you really narrow narrow your scope when you're watching a team that struggles as often as the Blazers do. Mike, it's good talking to you as always. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Mike Richmond is the host of the Locked On Blazers podcast. Our production staff includes Elizabeth Castillo, Roly Hernandez, Gemma Carlo, senior producer Allison Frost, and managing producer Shiraz Sadiq. Nalene Silva engineers the show. Our technical director is Stephen Cray, and our executive producer is Sage Van Wing. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. We'll be back tomorrow. Think Out Loud is supported by Stephen Jan Oliva. The Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Ray and Marilyn Johnson, and the Susan Hammer Fund of the Oregon Community Foundation. 